Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. You are listening to the podcast. This is the show where all of your health, fitness, and nutrition questions are answered by your host and fitness nutrition coach, Adam Pullman. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, building muscle. How long does that process usually take? Uh, this question comes from a listener just like you. That's how this show is is set up. It's set up to answer your questions about health, fitness, nutrition, and how those things apply with the goals that you have in mind, your journey, all that good stuff. So if you have a question that you would like to have answered here on the show, <clears throat> you can send that in on Instagram. So my handle is Adam underscore Pullman fit. You can find me uh, there. And then every single Saturday on my story, you'll see a question box that says, ask me a question. That is your green light to submit as many health, fitness and nutrition questions as you would like. I'll answer them briefly there on the story and then in long form in detail here on the show. So that's what we're going to be talking about in uh, today's episode. So make sure you go to Instagram if you have a question that you would like to have sent in. Um, other than that, got a couple more things for you before we get into this question. Uh, first of all, or this answer, I should say. First of all, uh, if you haven't um, joined to be a part of our private Facebook group, uh, a group of of awesome individuals that want to grow and learn in health, fitness, uh, and nutrition, uh, to learn more about fat loss, muscle building, uh, if you haven't joined that group, I highly recommend it. Uh, you can just send me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email and just let me know you want to be a part of that group and I'll send you a link so you can request to join. Uh, I, I get in there um, on about a weekly basis. We do uh, live videos, live Q&As. We go deep into different topics to see how that can help you guys uh, live happier, healthier um, lives. So, if you aren't a part of that and you want to be, please let me know. I will send you a link so you can request to join there. Uh, and lastly, if you want some more free resources in addition to these podcast episodes, I encourage you to check out uh, PullmanFitness.com slash free. That's P-O-E-H-L-M-A-N-N Fitness.com slash free. Today's question from the Instagram story comes from Adeptusumar. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. Oh boy. The question is like, it needs to be like Bob Smith. You create some, create some like alternative accounts where your name is just Bob Smith. Uh, how long does it take to build muscle? And if you're gaining muscle, uh, how do you know it's muscle? If you're gaining is the question. So <clears throat> first off, let's talk about how long it takes to build muscle and specifically what that really involves. So really what happens when you're building muscle is, um, so to oversimplify it, basically you have micro trauma that happens within the, the muscle fiber. Um, you have the shearing of these actin and myosin heads uh, and they it's micro trauma. It's micro trauma to the muscle. And what happens is satellite come, satellite cells come in to help um, rebuild and repair the, these muscle fibers, these muscle cells. And um, what happens is as a result, they increase in size. Okay, so that's what happens really when you build muscle. That's what would be called muscle hypertrophy. Muscle hyperplasia is a little bit different. That's mostly where you are actually adding um, muscle cells, muscle fibers, instead of just increasing the muscle fibers that you already have. So um, <clears throat> for, the, for the vast majority, most of the time, muscle size increases 
or gaining muscle is going to be contributed to muscle hypertrophy, okay, where those um, individual muscle fibers, where the actual fibers that you already have, those muscle cells are increasing in size because they're repairing and recovering from the micro trauma that you caused them when you were working out. Now, how does that trauma happen when we're working out? Well, mostly that comes from resistance training. It, it comes when our muscles are fighting against a force um, that is... Well, the force is working against the muscle and the muscle is fighting that. So that's kind of when that happens. Um, that happens mostly, like I said, through resistance training, um, free weights, dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, um, cables, machines, really anytime your body is undergoing a resistance. Now, technically that could include some body weight exercises. For example, um, on a push-up, your muscles are resisting your body weight uh, that gravity is pulling down. So that is a resistance exercise. However, um, it doesn't have added resistance because there's not an additional weight, um, including the parts of your body that are being pulled by gravity. Same with a squat, for example. If you did a body weight squat, that could be considered resistance because your your legs are fighting against the resistance, which is gravity pulling your body weight down um, as you come up in that squat. However, um, it's usually not considered resistance training because there isn't an additional resistance like a, a dumbbell at your chest, uh, dumbbells by your, by your side, or um, a barbell on your back or in a front rack position, something like that. So that's why usually that's just considered body weight training and resistance training is with an additional form of resistance. And more often than not, unless you're an extremely, extremely new uh, individual to resistance training or any, sort of, any form of exercise, uh, an additional weight, an additional resistance is likely going to be needed in order to increase uh, muscle size, in order to have muscle hypertrophy occur. Now, the thing is, there's a lot more that goes into it other than the resistance. Um, it's not just the resistance that you use. There's a lot more involved like the weight of that resistance, how heavy that is, uh, the tempo in which you do that movement, the... Um, the form and the mechanics and the technique that you have when you do that movement, the amount of rest that you have in between sets, um, the amount of time that you have under tension, how much you're contracting and squeezing that muscle, uh, all that good stuff. There's also other factors like um, uh, your hormones, your gender, your age, your training age, uh, your hormone profile, your sleep, your nutritional habits. Uh, and so that's why this is a really hard question to answer when we just say, we, we can't just give it some sort of blanket answer where it's like, oh yeah, if you're resistance training, you should expect to build muscle within six weeks. We can't, we can't quite say that, unfortunately, just because there are so many factors that come into play. However, if you are doing things well, you're doing things properly, you're following a resistance training program, um, if you are someone that is new, like I mentioned, you you haven't done that before, your body is is what we would call untrained, you're going to respond much more than, for example, I would if we would be following the same program. You're going to respond a lot better than I would because my body is trained, is adapted. It needs much more stimulus. It needs much more um, of a response to build muscle um, than someone else's might if, if, if they are untrained. So if you're untrained, you could see changes, I mean, I would say within six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. And then someone like me that's that's trained could see ch with changes within eight weeks, maybe even six weeks. However, the training program would have to be much, much, much more specific. If you're just following some sort of generic um, 
kind of run of the mill, not specific program, an untrained individual is going to see is going to see changes much quicker than a trained individual. So again, I can't really say like, oh yeah, it's for sure four weeks, for sure ten weeks, for sure six weeks. Um, but I would say if you're not seeing some sort of change within six to eight weeks, uh, you might want to change something up. Now that's the question. This the second question this person had is how do you how do you know it's muscle? If you are gaining um, weight, because it could be water weight, it could be fat, um, which all that is definitely true. It could be, you know, your your bone density increasing, <clears throat> could be tons of different stuff. So how do we know? Uh, truthfully, one of the best ways, one of the only ways you can know is by doing body composition tests. Now, there are several different tests out there as far as uh, accuracy goes. Your, um, your kind of, uh, what's the word? I don't know. It's, it's your staple uh, test because of its accuracy all that stuff is going to be your DEXA scan. Uh, and that is essentially where you're laying down a machine scans your whole body and it's going to let you know water, your fat mass, how much fat in all these different parts of your body, your bone mineral density, um, how much your bone weighs, you know, outside of the water and the water outside of the fat and the muscle outside of the fat, all that stuff. And it's extremely accurate. Um, those tend to have a higher barrier to entry. They tend to be more expensive, um, usually you can only find them in places like universities or, um, higher education, learning, stuff like that. So it's usually not a common, um, method for people to try to get their body composition checked. I, I, yeah, I think you, you might be spending at least a hundred dollars to get that checked. Um, now there are other options out there. Your next most accurate is going to be, which is also a, a very, um, well-respected type of test is a hydrostatic test where you're you're underwater, you're expending your breath, and they're going to weigh you and get your body composition and the mus amount of muscle and the amount of fat you have from that. You can also find those at places like universities, um, higher education. You're not going to find those like in a gym or anything like that, um, but those tend to be lower barrier to entry. They're, they're um, not as expensive. Um, and usually some of these schools are looking for people just to do it anyway because these exercise science students need... Um, practice. They need uh, assistance getting people so they can learn how to do these things. Um, and you pay like, I remember when I was back in Colorado and I did that at the at university there, I think I spent $30 every time I went. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and so those are your top two options as far as checking what your body composition test is. And you could do those every month or so. That's what we do with my clients. I have them get in-body scans every month so we can see like okay, if you're gaining weight, what are you gaining? Uh, if you're losing weight, what are you losing? If you're gaining, we want to make sure you're gaining muscle. If you're losing, we want to make sure you're losing body fat, not muscle. So it's extremely important to get those done. Otherwise, like this individual alluded to, you've got no clue what's going on. It could be fat, could be water, could be um, tons of different stuff. So body composition tests, in my opinion, especially if you want to know the specifics and you care more about, you care about more than just the weight that's on the scale, in my opinion, I think they're definitely something that you should do on a regular basis. Now, a the probably the most popular, the most common body composition test is an in-body scan or a bioelectrical impedance. And this is the type of technology that you'll see with at-home scans, handheld scans, stuff like that. However, this one is <clears throat> uh, is a is a is a bigger machine. You're standing barefoot. You're holding onto these handles with your hands. And it's sending this basically this impulse through uh, your or this signal through one foot throughout your whole body and then out the other foot. Um, and to really oversimplify it, basically the longer that signal spends in there, the more body fat you potentially have. The less time it spends, the less body fat you potentially have. Uh, they're not the most accurate. However, they're usually pretty consistent. And the consistency is what's super important. I like to tell people that if you you know get your body composition test, for example, and it says you have 20% body fat, 
uh, on one of these in-body scans, but in reality you have 18, it's okay as long as you go next time and let's say you lose 2% body fat. That means you go next time and it says you have 18, but you actually have 16 in reality. The change is still 2%. Um, and so it's not like you have to fret too much about how accurate the actual number is in real life. Uh, unless, you know, maybe you're someone that's training for a, a show and you need to be a certain body fat percentage or, or something else that's going on where you actually have to know the exact number. Then I would say do a, do a hydrostatic test or a, a DEXA scan. But the in-body scans are a great option. They only take a couple of minutes. Um, you can usually find them at gyms or, uh, I'm not sure about doctor's offices, but gyms, sometimes nutrition, like supplement shops will have them. Um, I'm willing to bet that if you just looked up in body scan in my area, you'd be able to find something within, uh, you know, within an hour at the very most to go to, to try to get that body composition test done. Um, and, and, and see whether or not you're gaining muscle. So those are your options as far as measuring that. Now, I want to go back a little bit and talk about like what it takes to build muscle. Cause I think a lot of people, um, <clears throat> don't understand how difficult it is to build muscle. It is much easier to lose body fat than it is to build muscle. Generally speaking, there are some individuals that have an easier time doing one of those things over the other, and it might be flopped compared to the general population. But for the most part, it is much harder to build muscle than it is to lose body fat. Um, to build muscle, you need many different things. The, you need the resistance. You need your body to be able to adapt to a certain stimulus. Um, where you're asking it to build muscle, basically what you're saying is, hey, if you want to get easier at doing X amount of weight for these reps, the only option you have is to increase muscle fiber size so we can better uh, do this. We can contract more muscle fibers. We can, we can get more of a contraction out of the muscle fibers that are sent that nervous system signal so we can move more weight. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, you need the resistance. Um, you're, the way your training program is extremely important. Uh, the, sorry, the way your training program is set up is extremely important. Your frequency anywhere from usually one to three times a week. I usually say two to three times a week per muscle group tends to be beneficial. Um, you want to be progressively overloading, meaning you're, you're, you're progressively challenging that muscle. Nutrition is extremely important, especially protein intake, making sure that, um, those, those muscles have the protein it needs to recover, rebuild all that good stuff. Your sleep is very important. So a very general protocol for trying to build muscle, I would say, um, first of all, try to train your muscle groups two to three times a week. Now, that's going to look different depending on what your your um, your training history is. You know, if you're someone that if you're someone that hasn't trained much, or you're a beginner trainer, maybe an intermediate, you could benefit from maybe three full body workouts per week, or two upper body and two lower body workouts per week. So you're training the muscle groups two to three times a week. Um, <clears throat> whereas someone like me, if I wanted to build maximum muscle. Uh, this right now might not be the case because my training intensity and volume has been extremely low lately. Um, but normally I might need something like six days a week in the gym um, and I'm training muscle groups two times a week and I'm getting after it and have a high intensity or a high volume each workout with that muscle group. For example, you know, let's say like chest and back on one day, legs the next day, shoulder and arms the, the third day, take a day off and repeat. Something like that where within a seven day period, I'm training those muscle groups twice, but I'm hitting them really, really hard. Whereas a beginner might just need to hit them two or three times and, and just not hit them so hard, but hit them a little bit. So the program is super important. Um, anywhere from like one to 1.4 grams of protein per pound of lean body mass is usually what I recommend for people when they're trying to build muscle um, and when they're trying to improve their body composition. Uh, seven to nine hours of, of high quality sleep, not just like I laid in bed for seven to nine hours and I slept for four. 
Now, like seven to nine hours of quality, quality sleep is super important. Uh, another thing that can help too is just getting a hormone panel done, just seeing where your hormones are at. Um, obviously, as a, as, a, as a male that has test, lots of testosterone compared to women, you're going to have probably an easier time building muscle, potentially, unless your testosterone levels are low. Um, maybe you have a lot of stress. Maybe you're chronically elevated levels of cortisol. That's going to impact how much muscle you can build and how much body fat you can burn. Um, so really what I'm getting at here is the more zoned in that you can get with like learning more about your body, the more you'll be able to know about what you should do to get your body to see the results that you want. So for example, if um, you know you've got low testosterone, you know you're going to be, you know, hopefully educated by your physician on lifestyle changes that you can make to elevate that. Um, and that can allow you to build more muscle, lose more body fat. So uh, whereas if you didn't know that, you would just be spinning your wheels and feeling like everything you're trying isn't working, but you got your hormones working against you. So um, it's extremely important to know that stuff, in my opinion. Do you have to? No. Um, but the more you know, uh, the, the better adjustments you can make to your training program, all that good stuff. So how long does it take to build muscle? It depends. Uh, how do you know it's muscle? Get those body composition tests. Um, you can do every like two weeks at the, at the, at the most, I would say, uh, every month seems to be a good amount for uh, my clients. So that's what I would recommend there. Uh, if you appreciated this episode and you know, someone else that would, uh, that would like to listen to it, spread the love, share this show with them, let them know that this is where they can go to get all of their health, fitness and nutrition questions answered. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, this is the podcast. <laughs>